Welcome to the J Train Podcast. It's J Train, Jared Freed, coming to you live from the quarantine cabin on the Lower East Side of Manhattan. We are here Monday through Friday with your emails, your stories, your questions. I say it every episode. Let me say it again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for listening. Thank you for telling a friend. That's how it all works. I don't got a billboard. I don't got a truck. I don't got a commercial. I got you and your big fat mouth. And you got to tell your mama, your papa, your brother, your sister. That's how it all works. And ooh, it feels good when you make it your Instagram story. That's the real hunk of cheese. That's where I put, I, I eat it. Oh, just take a big old bite of you feathering my nuts. It feels so good. Keep tagging a friend. Keep going. I'm putting up videos daily. No, no, no. Did you, you heard me right. Every day, daily. That's the definition of daily. Every single day, I'm putting up a video to make your day a laugh or to give you a laugh or two. Listen, I know I'm doing this Monday through Friday. I don't expect you to listen to me every day. I do expect you to do a little browse on my Instagram, tag a friend. That's all you got to do. That's your payment. And, you know, support the sponsors, support the Instagram, tag a bitch, make it your Instagram uh, your story. That's how it all works. Feather my nuts. Very excited about today's guest. Um, first timer on the podcast. He is a fantastic comedian. He is, this is, this is, I would describe this guest as a get. This is a true, like, celebrity. Like, you, he is the host of American Ninja Warrior. He has a new podcast called Factorious that is every Tuesday. Matt Eisman, thank you for coming on, Matt. I got to say, Jared, I appreciate right before you introduced me, you mentioned feathering nuts. And now, Feather it off. That's I what we like, do I, here. I feel like there's some nut feathering going on here. It's like Farrah Fawcett's hair, just, just tingling the, 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 Dude, the, lang- the hangdowns. You're already speaking the language of this podcast. You are now, <laughs> you don't even understand what you just did. I sometimes will do, I'll, I'll, I'll describe what it feels like to you know, to get someone to share the podcast, and I say it's me naked in a meadow, or me naked walking through you know high uh, a wheat farm. Farrah Fawcett's the hair. Wheat. Oh, Farrah the- Fawcett's hair. Come on, <laughs> that, yeah, I, I grew up in the eighties, so anything. A- the, the big hair could have been. It could have been Vince Neil's hair. <laughs> that dude had incredible feathered hair but, back but then. But wouldn't you want Vince Neil's hair just gently grazing the seam of your nutsack? I, I, I got to say, uh, honestly, if, if we could go back to 91 and you <laughs> yeah. would have offered me that right there, Fair Fawcett or Vince Neal, I'd have been like either. I, either. I'm it doesn't in. matter. This is, he is Dr. Feelgood. Ha- hair is hair. I, I, so, <laughs> I'm so pumped to have you here, Matt. So Thanks, man. We have met before. I'm not sure if you remember. We oh, met yeah, at we the, met at the improv. Yes, we did. And you yeah. were so nice to me. And I remember seeing you and I'm like, I know this guy. Like, I, I was like, I, I was legitimately like, and you came up to me. I'll, I'll say this. Like, I, I was so, um, I, it was so nice of you. You were like, I, hey, I, I was on at the improv. I'll tell the listeners now. You, and you know, I, I do understand. Like, someone says, oh, we've met before. I'm like, oh, shit. I hope I was nice. You couldn't have been nicer. Oh, good. Um, you, my mom I, will be thrilled. Now yeah, that we've gone it, from feathering nuts to at least my boy was polite. You were so nice and, uh, thanks, I, I, and, and so funny. So you were hosting the show. You were great. You were hilarious. And you can't, And I was nervous. I, 
I don't do a lot of L.A. stand-up. I don't go out there all the time. I'm doing like a four-minute spot, like a nothing spot. And you come up to me and you go, hey, man, I've heard you on a podcast before. You heard me on like um, uh, Kumia. You heard me on that show. And I was like, that is and – and I recognized you before and you came right up to me. So it was just such a nice thing and I well, appreciate I, it I appreciate so much. I appreciate that. And, and for me, it's, it is one of those things where I, I love – Listen, I, I like I like having my nuts feathered too, right? I mean, sure. Obviously, we're we're in entertainment for a reason, and, and like the, the the need of the crowd and all that stuff. But I really, you know, when, when I heard and when I heard you on a podcast, I, I love your energy. You're obviously <laughs> enthusiastic like me. But the other thing is, I don't feel like you're this uh, insincere, cynical guy. Like I, you have a I, good, positive vibe about it. I appreciate which I that. love. I love that, and and especially in comedy, where I think. You know, when when people come to a new yeah. uh, a new area, there, you know, there's a little bit of sometimes there can be like the uh, pissing contest. And I'm like, man, I, I always feel like I, I think it all we all rise together. And and I love when people bring a good energy and, I, and you're funny. Well, so well, uh, I, I think that's so interesting. It's like, you know, you're you're obviously an athlete. You're a big dude. So like I played sports growing up and it is interesting you go into comedy, and I never thought there would be, like, bravado. Like, I, I just never saw that as part of the deal. And you're right. You go into some places, and you can feel the tension. You can feel the side eyes. And it's like, yeah. I, I, I was like, that should happen in, like, tennis. Like, that should happen in, like. <laughs> but to me, it was always the insecurity. Like, I remember when I was starting out, I, if someone was, I, I was threatened if someone was funny because I thought, I can't follow them. Or sure. they're not going to think I'm funny. And I, I always felt like it was just that insecurity when people were busting balls. Because the reality is, this, if someone's funny, you love you love being around funny people. Because I think Absolutely. it always makes you funnier. And that's, you know, I, I think New York does that great. That, you know, if you go to the improv, the factory, or particularly the store, there's a good hang. But, but New York, it just feels like the comedy community is so solid and... You know, I, I feel like there's ball busting, but you guys look out for each other there, too. The, there's a little bit. I Absolutely. I, I it was just it, it is a weird thing. Uh, you're like, OK, I did this because I like busting balls with my friends. So when you meet someone like that, like this is this is now becoming the mutual admiration society yeah. of the po part of the podcast. But like when you <laughs> find someone that's like, that's a ball buster, that's a guy who hangs yeah. like I'm always like into that. And I I'm so pumped to have you here. Also, for people that don't know. You're the host of American Ninja Warrior. Yeah, I, buddy. Is that the most? Is that the? Is that a fun gig? Uh, I mean, so I, you're not going to say again, it's not. But no, <laughs> again, I'm enthusiastic. I played yeah. sports growing up. I love sports, and what I love about it is essentially, you know, we it's based on a Japanese show that started off on a cable network in America, but I, you know, I got to become kind of the voice of it. So For we sure. invented invented this sport, and it's so awesome getting to see these people now who dedicate people dedicate their lives to this where not even, and, and it's not even that they're doing it for the show. It's just, these people have found the fitness in this challenge element, this, yeah. this element where it's people working to be better than they were. And it's, it's crazy because, you know, again, going back to competitiveness, Ninja warrior, you feel like would be, we initially thought it was going to be cutthroat. Yeah. And what we found was no, people aren't competing against each other. They really were competing against themselves and they found helping other people elevated them. So it's been this crazy community and family that's that's grown up. Wow. And I get to be kind of the the 
the dad so, and get to be the guy who just sits there watching these people do these unbelievable things. So I watched the show. I think you're great on it. I love watching you on it. And your enthusiasm is amazing. I, I always wonder, do you, you know, I, I like to work out, but I always wish I would look better than I look. Uh, Are you ever like looking for like dude. fitness tips from these people? Like, <laughs> well, is there an intimidation factor? Like, oh, I mean, it's, they're annoyingly you, fit is how I describe them, Jared. They are so in shape. It is fucking so, insane. We'll do like I would do viewing parties at my house where I'd be like, mm. hey, we're going to watch an episode and tweet. And I'd invite some of the ninjas over and I get like buffalo wings cheese sticks and sure. you know, pretzels and, and they'd bring like celery or green juices. <laughs> and then in the commercial breaks, they'd be like, Hey, let's have a push-up contest. I'm like, guys, pump the brakes. Yeah. But it's, it's, and, and they're so lean. Like we're, you know, we, we're, we're not insubstantial. We're, I'm, no. I'm husky is how I would yeah. describe myself. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. complete wrong body type for Ninja. I, I I would describe myself as husky, and if someone called me chubby, I would consider that a, a slur. Um, <laughs> I, I but I, I I I it is. I watch that show and I look at their bodies, and I do want to believe that they do have a wing, but it, but they don't. They're not. They're not right. Like these people, they are legitimately like put their lives towards this, right? It's, and it, what I think what we what you see is um, that that it becomes this thing where through fitness, they've, they, you know, they change other elements sure. of their life. And it, it is, it, it is amazing to watch people who come on. There's a guy, Jimmy Choi, who has Parkinson's and okay. he was weighing like, you know, he's probably like five, nine. He, he was like two twenty two thirty. His disease was really impacting him. And then he kind of came to this realization that working out helped was the best thing to help his Parkinson's. So all of a sudden this guy become fitness becomes his life and Ninja becomes the way like where it's not just, hey, I just don't want to sit on a treadmill. I want a challenge. I want some some way to see I'm progressing. And now, you know, this guy's on on Instagram doing like these push-up challenge videos against 20-year-olds. Yeah. And you see how this guy used Ninja Warrior and, and, you know, fitness to battle this disease that was taking his life away. And and when you see it's it's hard not to be inspired by these people and, and, and to it's feel an inspire like, but it's what's an my excuse why, <laughs> yeah, why well, am I such a lazy piece of shit it, it, it is twofold I watch that show and I'm inspired but then I also watch that show and I'm like what are these guys doing like how yeah. much are they working out like I'm doing an hour with a trainer and I'm like that is it I'm done I get out of breath Never. when I do sound effects <laughs> on the microphone man I have to pull it away because people are hearing me huff yeah it's it's every year I'm like next year. Next the, year, I'm getting well, in shape. Have you gotten any tips from them? Have as like have you oh, ever? Oh yeah, eat is better. There any, Work uh, out more. <laughs> no, but so the, the I grew up you know, 80s and 90s. Played and it was all about weights. Were you a football all, player? I played. I played football in high school. Played baseball in college. Okay, but we we lifted weights. And, you know, we were doing bench press, which is is an absolute wrong thing to do. Sure. To bulk up the muscles instead of lengthening them. So so many of them do just body weight stuff where yeah. it's Pilates, yoga, and they're not adding weights to strain. They're, they're building the strength through body weight, trying to minimize the, str the strain on their joints and maximize like, their flexibility. And you just see it's such a more practical yeah. way of working out where this is so protective against injury for, I, I mean, I, I don't think any, any guy, unless you're in the NFL, there's really no reason to lift heavy weights 
as a guy Dude, like above 25. I'm, I'm working with this guy. Uh, let me plug him because he's been amazing. This guy at Forzag on Instagram. He's so good. And we've been working over the phone during the quarantine. So like every day over the phone. Yeah. And he and I go and there was a day in the beginning. First week we do the week. And then he goes, hey, man, I want to send you some bands. And he sends me like four bands in an Uber. And then like the, you know, the Uber drops them off. I take yeah. the bands. We've been working with these bands for two months now. And it's like we haven't we haven't done the same thing twice. Like he has so many different yeah. things with these bands. I'm like in shock. And I'm like and I remember like growing up, like just like you said, in high school, we're in the cages, you know, we're in the, you know, incline press. Yeah, that's, that's, that's the variation. You're like, I'm doing the exact same move, just 20 degrees angled differently. Yeah. yeah. yeah and, and when you see, you know, so much of it, again, is we'd focus on the big muscles instead of, you know, like the, the accessory muscles, activating the smaller muscles in sure. the shoulders and the hips, where you see this is how you prevent that, those injuries. Yeah. And, and the other thing that they all stress is recovery. And I feel like, okay. well, I focus too much on recovery because yeah, yeah. I will work out once a week. But but you see the importance of these guys where they're like, hey, man, you got to give your time body to rest and yeah. to rebuild. And and that they're, they're so much more. I, I mean, I remember it was like, okay, chest and back or, you know, chest and tries, back and sure. buys, yeah. legs, abs. Those are like the four days. And you would repeat the same exercises. Do again it again, again next week. Yeah. And I love, I love this variety. And I think it's so much, God, it's just, I wish I would have known this when I was younger. Well, well, on the subject of health, I want to let people know you're, you, you you're a doctor. Yeah. This is this is insane yeah. to me. Ken, like Ken Jong and I wasted education. And Ken, yeah, so you no, not just hold on, hold on, because I want to make sure people know because we this podcast. You are not just you didn't just waste any education. You wasted a Princeton and Columbia education. Yeah, Princeton undergrad, <laughs> Columbia. For your PhD, is that what it was? MD, Columbia for the, the MD. MD, yeah. whatever. Yeah, correcting yeah. me because I'm a fucking idiot. I don't know what the difference. <laughs> Dude, are you yeah. kidding? Like, okay, so you're you're doing you're you're a doctor. You're a good looking dude. Um, and and I remember my parents when I told them I'm gonna do comedy. Like, I was leaving selling life insurance at 25. That's right. fucking nothing compared to what you're talking about. <laughs> But I remember my my mom looked at me once and she's like, why are you doing this? Like, like it was like and it was a very genuine question. Right. You I, I mean, you had to have been asked that. Like, you oh, know, yeah. Single, yeah, a- young, good looking dude. Uh, Princeton, Columbia. You I would seemingly have it all. And you're like, no, no, no. I'm going to the comedy club to start doing stand-up. What? Oh, yeah. It's chicks chicks don't like doctors. They like funny guys <laughs> yeah. who are doing open mics at falafel <laughs> places in L.A. and Westwood. Paying to do it, too. What, oh, what God. Got, yeah. Yeah. What was, like, the first and how do you tell your parents? that? I think a lot of people, because we so, have a, a, a listenership in their, like, 20s, and they're all, like, sitting here going... You know, maybe they're doing something they don't like and maybe they're worried about taking the next step because this is we're going to get to the emails. J train podcast at gmail.com J train podcast at gmail.com. We're going to get to the emails, but we get this is an anything can be sent in. So I do get emails that are like, how do I change my life? And, yeah. you know, you so I, I, I get that a lot. And, and I 
when I look back on it, 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 it is surreal. Like thinking back to when I was a doctor, it feels like a separate life, a, a yeah. lifetime, like a previous life. Um, it's been such a dramatic shift and so much has happened. I, I, I think it, it was, I, I, I kind of fell victim to the, to what looks good on paper, like what, what mm -hmm. fit my life on paper. And yeah. medicine, medicine was a great career on, I, I love science. I, I loved helping people. Um, I, I, I thought it was just a field that would be satisfying and, and check sure. off all the boxes. But when I got into it, I, when I was doing my training, I'm, I was training in internal medicine at the University of Colorado. It was just one of those things where you realize this is not a job. This is this is a calling. Like this this really yeah. is. People are placing their lives in your hand, and it, it was just this realization where all of a sudden it went from, "Hey, I'm really good at this in in school and in med school, and and I like the challenge." To all of a sudden, I'm I, I just felt this weight of, "My God, this this is." This is a, an unbelievable responsibility these people are giving you. And I didn't feel like I was living up to it, which is uh -huh. the worst feeling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You feel, I feel like a fraud. when I was going into the hospital, I just felt like I'm, I am a fraud. My patients are, are not getting the care they deserve. And I feel awful because I'm not yeah. happy doing it. So that's kind of what motivated me to think. Uh, and I didn't think, oh, I'm going to do something else. I thought I got to. I gotta, I gotta figure out what's going on in my head, yeah. Because this, I should be, I should be loving this. I should be loving what yeah. I'm doing. And so it, it came about of I, I need to figure out how to clear my mind. And I thought I'm, I'm gonna take a year off because I, I'm, I, I gotta figure this out before I kill somebody or, or kill myself. Sure. So I, I decided to take it off. And I thought I, I've never done anything creative. So what am I going to do? I wanted to do something completely removed from science. And I'd done stand up a handful of times in New York when I was in comedy or uh, med school and <laughs> comedy school. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, so I thought I'm just going to move to LA, take a year doing stand up, get, get it out of, get, figure out what's going on in my head and come back. Sure. And, and then, you know, and then I had to tell my dad and my dad's a doctor. My dad is a professor of medicine at university of Colorado. And to, to that was, like coming to the realization on my own was, was tough, but realizing yeah. I had to tell my dad, who's a doctor, who's my hero and mm -hmm. who's a crave approval I desperately wanted. And, and I thought he, you know, I didn't think, I didn't know how he'd react, but my fear was that he was going to go, you're not leaving medicine and you're sure as hell not going to go do comedy. Sure. Get, get this out of your fucking head, come to your senses. And if he, if he'd said that, I don't know that I would have left because I don't think I would have had the courage of my convictions, but instead I tell my dad, I'm not happy. I, mm -hmm. I, I got to do something else. I want to go to LA and I want to just do stand up comedy for a year. And he, I remember the first thing he said was life is short. Do what makes you happy. Yeah. And when he said it, it was just like, Oh my God, this weight was lifted. And to me, it's that lesson of, I, I think we build things up. So for, for the viewers yeah. who are right now sitting in their twenties going, I'm not happy doing what I'm doing. You know, the, the, the only person you really got to figure out, the, the most important person is yourself. And, and to come to that courage to say, I'm going to try something else. And, and here's the thing, you, you start to realize, I, I think in your 20s, you feel like, I have to figure it out now. Yeah, I have to know I, what I'm doing now. And you realize, my God, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And I still am evolving on it. But you realize sure. life is this marathon. And when you give yourself permission to say, hey, man, I want to start figuring out what 
what I really enjoy doing and, and figuring it out. And, and then you also got to figure out if you can make a living at it. Sure. Um, the, real, the dream and reality have to intersect at a certain point. Yeah. And, and so that we, you know, when I came out to L.A. and I started falling, you know, it was in like within a few weeks, I'm like, oh, my God, this is what I'm meant to do. And, and again, I'm doing shitty open mics. Sure. It wasn't like I'm performing at the store, doing Madison Square Garden. I'm like, oh, yeah, sex and drugs. It was like, no, I just yeah. love being on stage. And once I realized that, I'm like, all right, I, 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 I can't, I can't just go. I, I got to say, let's come up with some parameters here. And if I don't make these, then I got to look myself in the mirror and say, the dream ain't happening. And so, okay. you know, I set up like how to make money or, you know, what money do I need to make and what gigs, you know, how, how often would I work and kind of things that were just best guesses where it's like, all right, I need check marks to, yeah. to hold myself accountable. And I, I met them. I, I got I got lucky. I got into commercials. I was making crazy good money, and all of a sudden, I'm like, I'm not looking back. And then once I decided I'm in this, come hell or high water, I'm I'm making this work. Then I felt like things. That was when I started to. Things started happening, for real, mm. um, because I think there is a certain amount of you can't dip your toe in, yeah. to to something you know, and and like stand up when people ask. I want to be a stand-up. Okay, do it. Do it. Yeah. Do it. No. There's I, there's nothing you you don't want to spend a year writing. Just get on stage. Just get on. Get stage. on do stage it, yeah. and then get on stage again, and you'll know. You will know. But if you, if it's in you, your that story I think is gonna. I mean, like I'm listening to you. I relate so much to what you're saying, and I remember telling my parents and my dad. Similar to your dad, like, and I, I think we're both very lucky um, because, yeah. you know, I, I had the same talk with him and he said the same thing, but different. He goes, you got no wife. You got some savings. Why wouldn't you? Yeah. And, and it's like, I remember that perspective and I was like, OK, he's like, you have no wife. You have no mortgage. Why wouldn't you? And you have savings. So, like, why wouldn't you go do it? So that like, and it's like. Again, what you're saying, that moment was like a freeing thing where it's like, go do it. But like to anyone, like to hear what you're talking about, about the check marks and the, you know, dreaming in reality, it all is like, I, I, I feel like uh, a kinship with you. And I think a lot of people, they might be sitting in a quarantine. They're going, what the fuck? And it's like just realizing that you're not happy is a win. You know? Hugely. Like, I, I, and I think that, you know, find the silver linings in this right now. And for, for me, I, I'd i never cook for myself. I, mm -hmm. I, I, I was, I was on the road of, you know, going to New York every week for, for, I was doing a show on A&E and I was traveling nonstop, was never home and I was eating like shit. And I yeah. have, I have rheumatoid arthritis. So I have autoimmune okay. disease. So I have inflammation is a horrible problem. And I never, I, I always felt the disease. And all of a sudden, during this quarantine, I, I just I watched a cooking video from Gordon Ramsay, and I thought, I, I think I can make scrambled eggs like him. And okay. all of a sudden, I started cooking for myself for the first time. And what was amazing was, and it's so fucking obvious, what you put in your body makes a huge difference. And, and it yeah. was these lessons that we're learning in quarantine where this is, this is a chance. I never would have taken this on my own. I never would have mm. stopped. I never would have slowed down and said, hey, man, you know, how am I living my life? Let me reevaluate this. What am I doing? Let me reevaluate this. And so it's one of these things. This is this this is a national catastrophe, a worldwide catastrophe. Yeah. But it's also like, all right, well, 
you know, find a silver lining in this. Where, and this is a chance to change and, and say, am I happy doing what I'm doing? Where's the opportunity? So we're going to do some emails, and I'm so happy you're here. Everyone needs to go follow Matt Eisman on yeah, Twitter buddy. and Instagram, at, my, at Matt Eisman, at Matt Eisman. This go, is, go, this go. This is the feathering sign right There's here. There's a feathering going, <laughs> and it's going to be all over my social medias. You have a podcast that's coming out, and I want people to go get involved with it. It's called Factorious. It's yeah. out every Tuesday. It's, give us the one-minute commercial for the show. What is the podcast? It's a game show. It's trivia for everybody. Essentially, the hook is uh, we give you a clue, and that is the initial or initials of the answer. Then we give you the facts about it. And look, I love games. I'm, I'm mm. competitive. What I, what I love about it is it, this is – it's the most fun – game show I've, I've been a part of because they awesome. they really let me have a lot of latitude with the clues uh i i think it's you know i love the show we we've been like a top 10 podcast in comedy we've been doing pretty well but uh it's the same thing where you know it's crazy with these podcasts where it is entirely up to people listening subscribing rating reviewing and spreading the word on it and it's it. been fun like seeing people who love it and and but spread the words give us the the, the feathers. little feather the nuts and i also like for me i've been i love podcasts and i love what it's evolving into okay this is a very different show than than is out there right now factorious is out there you know you like listening to this podcast i'm sure because you're listening right now but also you know Let's let's change the the book on. Uh, let's take a different book off the shelf and Boom. let's listen to you know Factorious. So go check it out. Get subscribed to Factorious. It's every Tuesday. Let's do the emails. You ready? Let's do it. We are sponsored, people. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Magic Spoon. Remember breakfast cereal? Do you remember breakfast cereal? Oh, how good did it feel? Pour yourself a bowl. Put it, you put just enough milk to hit the bottom so it stays crunchy at the top, not too soggy at the bottom. Ooh, nice little snack. I was a big bedtime cereal person. Sneak downstairs, grab a bowl, but then I would wake up the next morning feeling full and gross and not like my normal self. And breakfast as a kid used to be fun. Like this was a fun thing. And then it became my snack, and then I made it unfun because I was like, one bowl? What am I, a loser? I could have seven bowls. It's just cereal. Then you realize you wake up the next morning, and you're like, oh, my God, I can't even walk. I ate so much cereal. Magic Spoon's the answer. It's a new cereal company that's discovered a way to recreate your favorite childhood cereals with zero sugar, 12 grams of protein, and only three net grams of carbs in each serving. That's great. And it tastes too good to be true. Magic Spoon offers four flavors based on all-time classics. Cocoa, fruity, frosted, and blueberry, plus a variety pack that lets you try all four. I love the cocoa. The cocoa, you get the milk that turns to cocoa milk. Oh, it... That is my go-to. Magic Spoon spent over a year working on the with the best food scientists and chefs in the world to recreate the taste and texture of classic sugary cereal, but it tastes so incredible that you'll never guess it was healthy. It's keto-friendly, gluten-free, grain-free, soy-free, low-carbon, GMO-free. You've got to try Magic Spoon to believe it because it tastes amazing. I think it's a great snack. What a great, you know, it's, you, just, you had dinner, you're sitting on the couch, you're like, ugh. The day of eating's over. Nah, get some Magic Spoon, and you won't feel the guilt. Go to magicspoon.com/jtrain. Let me say it again: magicspoon.com/jtrain to grab a variety pack and try it today. And be sure you use my promo code JTrain, JTrain, JTrain at checkout to get free shipping. And Magic Spoon is so confident in their product that it's backed by a hundred percent happiness guarantee. So if you don't like it for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. 
That's magicspoon.com slash JTrain. Use code JTrain for free shipping. Thank you, Magic Spoon, for sponsoring the show and bringing back childhood favorites that won't leave us bloated. Boyfriend keeping pictures from, quote-unquote, before we met. My boyfriend and I have been together for 10 months. We are happy together and generally no issues. We are not private with our phone passwords. And one day a few months ago, I was scrolling through the pictures on his phone and he didn't freak out but warned me that I shouldn't scroll back too far in the pictures. I asked why and he said that he had pictures on there from before we met saying he had nude sexual pics of girls before me. The pictures were not of exes, but were of one night stands slash random girls that he had snapped. I asked him to delete the pictures, but he said he didn't want to get rid of them unless we were more serious. I was initially annoyed as expected, but I didn't think he really had any intention of meeting with or talking to the girls. So I brushed it off. Flash forward a few to a few days ago, the topic came up again, and I asked if he would delete those pictures. I explained that it felt disrespectful towards our relationship and felt like he wasn't, wasn't taking me seriously. He gave me the same answer as he did a few months ago about making sure we were serious. I have no issue with him watching porn, looking at random models' uh, pics, so I don't see why he won't budge on this. Even if we were to break up in the future, I feel like he could get nudes again. So I don't see his perspective here for t- keeping sexual pictures of girls from before we met. Am I being controlling, or is this wrong of him to do? Would love your thoughts. Matt Eisman, what do you think? Wow. I, I got to say, I... I- I see what she's saying in, yeah. in look, I, I think um, it's become an issue now, right? Because she asked him to delete them. And I don't know if that's totally fair or not, but, but I think, cause there's a certain amount of, we all have a past. Yeah. And, and, and it's, it's part of, Hey, it may not be great. You may not like the past, but it got me to where I am. And yeah. if you're happy with what's going on now, I think she raises the question that it sounds to me she doesn't trust him. She thinks there are more photos coming in. And, okay. and there's a certain amount of, look, if these are the old photos, she's got to ask herself, like, why is it bothering her? And she says it makes her feel disrespected. What is it? Does she think he's looking at them? I mean, he's, he's keeping them. Is it for him trophies? Is it him because he doesn't want to commit? And, and to me, I think this is just, it's, it's what she acknowledges. Yeah. Is the relationship serious enough? Because I think I think what they're they're coming up against is this may be a thing of the photos are just the symptom of she doesn't know if they're really committed. I think that's the bigger issue that I'm here. Yeah, I, I, I think I'm with you as far as like she brought it up twice where she says, uh, you know, he he had the same excuse that once we're more committed, I'll get rid of them. And it's like, OK, well, what level of commitment makes these photos trashable? I will say this <laughs> speak. Speaking from experience, I have pictures like I I once um, I've been with my girlfriend. We just moved in together. I once hit like, you know, when you can hit the top of the phone and it goes all the way to the top. Oh, yeah. I did that on my photos and I was like, whoa. And all of a sudden there's this there's uh, other girls that I had saved pictures <laughs> of. And I'm like, and Whose I and phone I, is this? Yeah. Well, it was <laughs> like I entered a different phone and like I did one of these. I was like. Like, I'm looking around the room. I'm like, does she see? And I was like, you know, and I, it is interesting that I did have a leg to stand on. Like, I don't go back. When I start dating someone, I'm like, well, now I got to go I clean up the path. Yeah. I don't say, you know, and it, what you said is perfect. Like, you are who you are because of what you went through. So um, it is funny to me that this guy, though, is like, he, like he could have. I, I, I actually admire how honest he's being. Yeah. <laughs> like, I don't think I, I would be like, yeah, they're deleted. And then be like, and then 
they just not like I and then like no not you know I don't know I I don't think I would be like him saying we have to get more serious I think that would hit a a button with me where I'd be like so what are you waiting on to get more serious with me right I, to me this it's it, I I think so much of this stuff comes down to what they're fighting about doesn't really matter they're fighting about are they really together and it sounds like mm. he's not he's not committing and i think that's maybe why he's keeping those old photos and and again like you, I, you sometimes you just don't think about it but i think there is a fair point of all right if you are committed getting rid of those old the the old lurid especially the one night stands sure. if you got like photos with your girlfriend and her family it's like what why am i deleting those that's you know i i don't have ill thoughts of it so but, you you would delete them. Would you delete them in this scenario? Here's what I would say is, is if, if I were with someone and it was really bothering them, first of all, I would say, don't snoop. Yeah. You only yeah, yeah. find things you don't want to find. It's, it, it, but to me, it's like, I, I think there's some trust issues. That's why she's, she's looking through this and, and found these things and why it's bugging her. I think she's doesn't feel, she doesn't feel secure in the relationship. That's why the photos are bugging yeah. her. And so I, I'm I, like, I, I would delete them, but I would also be wary of, is 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 that going to make her feel secure deleting those photos? Well, it, it also becomes like from a guy perspective, it becomes like a control thing where it's like, you know, like he I could see that he has these pictures and he has no connection to them whatsoever. Like he to him, they're just women he's been attracted to in the past. Yeah, it's a fantasy. I could totally see where he's like, this is not a big deal to me. So why can't you trust that it's not a big deal to me and just leave this one alone? And I can understand where she's like, well, it bothers me. So anything that bothers me should bother you and make you want to get rid of him. So I do. I think maybe this is a tough one. This is really, a tough one. I can argue myself on either side. Ultimately, I think it's she's got to figure out, is this guy someone she wants to be with? Because if the answer is no, then. Just cut bait. Like clearly, he's not. Yeah. He's not one to commit. But I, if, I, if it is, then figure it out if you want to. I, I think also it's looking at these pictures and saying, "Is this the fight I want to have?" Yeah. You know the and and listen. It's one thing that they keep popping up. He's like, "Whoa!" Yeah. And then they, you know, like. But it's another thing. It's like. You know, he's not looking at those because he's not attracted to you or thinks they're better looking than you. It's purely a fantasy. So it's purely a trip away for 10 minutes while well, he's in the shower. it sounds like it's not a fantasy. It's a memory. Yeah, it's a memory. it really yeah. happened. <laughs> yeah. And I could, so you know, I, I could see that where it, it but it, it, it again is something of, that, that's also the thing of, this won't be the last time, right? This isn't going to be the last yeah. fight you have. So it's, I, I think there is something of, this is, it's worth having the discussion here being like, all right, this isn't the hill to die on, but this is a battle we're going to keep having about trust and security. So yeah. let's have it now. Yeah. Hey, what, <laughs> what's really bugging you here? J train podcast at gmail.com. J train podcast at gmail.com here with Matt Eisman. Go, go, go follow, follow, follow at Matt Eisman, Twitter and Instagram factorious every Tuesday, new podcast, get involved. A game show podcast. What a fun thing. Factorious. Go, go, go. Subscribe. Where to draw the line between being brutally honest but not psycho. Okay? <laughs> to try to be short and sweet here, I met a guy on Hinge during quarantine. 
He, we messaged back and forth, then moved to texting. He invited me over this past Monday. I went over partially because I was interested and then because I haven't been laid since January mm. and thought, why the hell not? All right. We hung out, had sex, and I went home. We've been texting daily. Not that that matters, uh, to, to which I'm fully aware as I religiously listen to your advice. We had plans to hang out uh, tomorrow, and I noticed he had unmatched me on Hinge. It bothered me enough to question his intentions, so I said something. Screenshots attached. Oh, okay. boy. Here we go. Okay, let's go through them. Ready? Is there... Uh, let me make sure they're in order. Is there a reason you unmatched me on him? She came right at him. Oh, I'm actually good on this. I do not want to see you again, so we will not be hanging out tomorrow. Wish you the best, whatever you're actually uh, oh. with, whatever you're actually out there trying to do with whoever you're trying to do it with. I had a terrible gut feeling about you, and now I know I'm right. Oh. That was that that's, was her opening that's not a question. That's a nuclear bomb. That is <laughs> napalm. <laughs> oh my god. That he is. Wrote, an, uh, go ahead. What do you? That that's well, like a, Here's what I'm going to say: is she asks a question. And then napalms any chance for him to get where she's like, I had a bad feeling. It's like, yeah, you're not asking a question. You you already feel like he's rejecting you and moving on. It was just sex, which you say you're okay. And here, but here's my first my my first caveat is this should not happen over text. There's okay. so much lost in text and subtlety and tone. And instead of just calling him and just saying, Hey, you unfriended me, and having it out. The, the text, I think there's so much well, unsaid stuff that gets misinterpreted. Also, to that point, if you don't care enough to keep this going, then why do you care enough to tell him? Right. So so it's it's like she, you know, is there a reason why you unmatch me on Hinge? Do you want the answer or not? Mm -hmm. And and then <laughs> you, you obviously don't want the answer. And listen, she emailed here. So. I get that, and I get why she's hurt. She's like, I just went over this guy's place. I wanted some sort of, and this goes back to the last email with the pictures. Like, we all, you know, what you said about don't dig because you're going to find something you don't like. Yeah. Like, we all want this, like, illusion of this perfect, fun, we've never had sex with anyone else ever before. <laughs> like, I, I remember uh, everyone, every guy wants a virgin that's good with their tongue. You know, like that does that doesn't exist. You know, so like was that Usher who said that? I think Usher or Shakespeare or Shakespeare, somebody. I but I I think you know to that to that point, it's like we do want some sort of illusion that lets us live in the world that you're the yes, only you're of only. And so I so I understand why she's hurt. I understand that she saw something she didn't like, and she is immediately connecting to to. She's just someone that this guy had sex with. And to be honest. So what was her question, Jared? What was her question to us? So, so hold on. So he wrote back. I have more messages. Oh. So she writes, I'm actually good with you. He, she writes that big. Is there a reason why you unmatched me then? I'm actually good on this. I do not want to see you again. All that stuff. And then he writes back, what are you talking about? All because I unmatched you? I do that when I start talking to someone. I'm sorry. Uh, but hey, if that's how you feel, then have a good night. So... I understand there are people out there on these dating apps, and I know I don't buy it because I was not something I ever did when on dating apps. There are people that the minute they start talking, they they're so it's like those people with email 
where they're like, right. I can't see the number next to the email or right. else they're like, day's ruined. There are people like that on the dating apps. I can buy that story. You didn't even give this chance, this guy the chance to live in a lie with you. Right. You know? <laughs> so she writes back a big thumbs up emoji. Then he writes back, okay, good night, because he's mad. And then she writes again, good luck, LOL, see ya. And then he writes back, I didn't get where this is coming from. Uh, and then she writes, who would unmatch someone for no reason? You're seriously full of shit. He writes, I'm oh. not fu- he writes, I'm not full of anything. She writes, okay, great. Then why did you really unmatch me? He writes, I told you why. She writes, okay, well, if that's your answer, then mine is, that's complete bullshit, and I understand you don't care, but I want you to know that you didn't fool me, and good luck finding someone on there if this is how you're going to treat people. Please save it. I, I really don't even want to read whatever you're coming up with. You're on hinge to sleep with women. That's fine. Mission accomplished. Um, and then he writes... He writes back to that. I'm not going to argue with you. You're dead set on the fact that you think I just wanted to sleep with you when that's not true at all. You slept with me, not the other way around. So that's it. And then he you writes, slept with me. And then he writes, so that's what? it. That's You're some du- high level karate. Yeah, he, yeah, he did some jujitsu there. <laughs> he writes, so that's it. You're done. She writes, yeah, I told you what I was looking for and also shared why I do not trust people. I can't wrap my head around why you would unmatch me because you started talking to me, yet keep your profile. That doesn't even make any sense. You have forgotten things we've talked uh, talked about, which was a red flag, but I chose to ignore it and give you the benefit of the doubt. We had a conversation about your daughter, and when I walked in on Monday and we went downstairs, you said, hey, hey, you know I have a daughter, right? Clearly you're talking to multiple women, which is completely fine, but getting confused with what you, you and I have talked about and what you've talked about with... Um, I talked about with another just doesn't sit well with me and it makes me uncomfortable. This has just solidified my thoughts about it. No hard feelings, but again, just not what I'm there for, the type of person I'm looking for. And then he writes, okay. She writes, it was fun talking to you and I had a good time hanging out with you. Whoever you do decide to end up with is really lucky. I'm not angry about this and I really do wish you the best. And then he writes, hey, you too. So they had an amicable ending to that text conversation that was... that was all. I mean, so she writes, my question is, am I coming on too strong? Should I try and let some of these little things slide as I get uh. to know someone before they completely writing them off? It's hard for me to think about letting someone I'm not comfortable with slide in hopes to just getting the uh, I'm not comfortable with with slide in with uh, in hopes to just getting to the relationship. But am I wrong? Totes preach for everything you do. So I appreciate her email. Yeah. Um, I, I, I do understand where her feelings come from. Matt Eisman, what do you have to say? Well, I, 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 I think I'm getting two messages. I mean, she told us, listen, she, she said I hadn't had sex in a while. So she went over there. Um, and, and it sounds like, you know, on the one hand, she was like, hey, I know this is this is what it is. It's a booty call. Right. We're going sure. there. But it sounds like she had hopes for more. And yeah. I think it's one of those things where it's like I, it's it's hard. It's hard because we don't like to have these conversations, but in her mind, this wasn't a booty call. Yeah. I, I'm, and and she's, she says she's completely fine with it, but she's not. I mean, she was hurt. And of course we are. We, when you connect with someone physically, obviously it's a vulnerable yeah. thing. It's hard. You, you, she felt vulnerable and felt like this guy betrayed it. And I, I think she kind of, 
has her answers, but I, but I think it, it it's she went in and 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 had sex, but I think wanted the relationship and didn't say it. Probably acted like, hey, I'm cool with this being a booty call, and maybe he took sure. it that way instead of saying, I'm not looking for that. And and yeah. it is it's it's a little bit of hey, when you're clear on what you want, like if you want a relationship, I think it's clear on how you talk with someone. And I'm guessing if she went over for sex. They probably discussed it beforehand. It wasn't just, I like dogs too. Let's, why don't we have tea tonight? It's well, I totally agree with you. There's, um, there's, you, you picked up on the thing that I was picking up on too. When she writes in her email, we messaged back and forth and then moved to texting. He invited me over this past Monday. I went over partially because I was interested. And then because I haven't been laid since January and thought, why the hell not? So that is okay. That is totally. okay, you, I, and and no one is blaming you for that. I would also say it's okay to go over there and then say, you know what, you just confused me for someone else that you're talking to. I'm going to leave, and I'm not going to have sex with you. That's okay, too. But when you go into it, and then you do have sex, and you, after seeing that he's confused what you said for what another person said and feeling badly about that and having that stuck in your head, you can't, he can't read your mind at that point. Like if you yeah. had said to him, Hey, that's obviously you're talking to multiple people. Uh, I'm not going to have sex with someone who's talking to multiple people. And then it ended right there. You wouldn't be as disappointed. So I think he, there's two things going on. You're let down by him, which I totally understand that you're let down by him, yeah. but he doesn't, he can't know how you relate to having sex with someone. He can't, you know, everyone relates to their, how they feel after sex differently. Everyone comes, and listen, if you've came out of this feeling badly, which is okay, you know, to me, going to him and blaming him for, for unmatching you and making you feel worse on top of it, 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 it doesn't seem like, like it, it seems like it could have been anything at that point. And, and, and I, I think that that would be my, my note to her was this is all totally valid. Just what you said. Yeah. If you wanted to have sex and, and if all of a sudden you, you, you realized you had feelings, all of that's fine. I would just say that first message to him again, you texted, you have his phone number. You, you could have called. I, I think these things are so much, it's harder, but you gain so much more hearing someone's yeah. voice and, and hearing their tone. And I think, she put him on the she put him on blast with that first right thing. away and it's like you, you didn't give him a chance because you felt this way and and i think i i i don't know what she was what what but, she hoped but that's the thing if 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 you're saying fuck this dude he unmatched me fuck it then you need to leave yes the, it, it's yes. game over i'm never cut seeing you again losses. cut your losses but if you're going to ask him and the, and not believe any and like i I don't, I never did that. I never unmatched on a dating app. I have heard of it happening. That excuse is not new to me. If you're asking them and that's the excuse they give, you have to be okay living, you know, to me, it sounds like it's easier for the emailer to say, he's a dick, go fuck yourself because it didn't go perfectly how she saw it going. Right. Instead of working through it and having to deal with someone oh, that she doesn't yeah. necessarily trust and, you know, is the second day. She didn't want to, she was like, I'd rather feel awful right now than feel awful for like a month with this guy who I think is going to let me down, which I understand, but I, I, I don't, I think 
you know, his excuse does live in the land of valid excuses, right. even though it's something I've never done. So it's not like he was like, oh, I unmatched you because a little elf came into my room and unmatched you. Um, you know, it's like his answer isn't, but it's not a right or wrong thing. Like I'm not going to, she's not wrong and he's not wrong. But I think when you come at him, like you're wrong, you're a piece of shit. Like, you know, and you miscommunicate, you know, you thought I was telling another story before. Well, then he's going to go, well, you were just, you're, you're taking out frustrations with confidence and dating on me when yes. you really, when really you should be, you know, figuring out your own relationship to sex and then going forward with that. I, I think that's the key here is forget about him. Right. So yeah. what can you, what can she learn from this and, and, and how to handle it? And I think the key is, Look, and I'm 49 and single, so clearly I know what I'm talking about with relationships. <laughs> but, so take it with a grain of salt. But here's like, the thing. You have had, I'm sure, in your lifetime, you've had sex with someone, felt betrayed by that situation, and then been like, okay, I got to be better for next time. I'm not going to do those same things I did once. 100%. And I think, I think the way this becomes a growing experience is either you just cut bait and yeah. you, you realize, hey, I, on me. I wasn't clear about it. I wasn't clear about what I really wanted. I didn't express it. Or you take this as an opportunity instead of lobbing Molotov cocktails that make you feel good and say, like, I showed him. It's like, hey, have this conversation. Try to have this conversation as an adult. And it doesn't matter whether he does or not. I think that's when you grow is to be able to say, look, I know I didn't spell this out, but I got to be honest. I, I After the other night, mm. I, I, I enjoyed it and I'm looking for more. And if you're not, that's totally cool. But I, I want to be adults about this. So let's just lay our yeah. cards out. Now, he might go, oh, no, I love you and be lying. But it's again, I, I think it's one of these things of nobody's going to solve this for you. I doubt you're going to meet the perfect sure. person if you keep making these same mistakes. And believe me, I'm saying this to myself. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah It's yeah. really hard, I think, to be the adult and communicate open and vulnerably. Well, yeah, and I that's, think that's where we get into trouble. This is like <laughs> fake. This is fake vulnerability. Yeah. Because you're just calling him out without taking any, you know, you're saying, and you did this and you, did, and it's like, I totally agree. If she had come in and been like, hey, I'm having a different feeling about the sex. Um, after, after I saw you unmatch me and I kind of put that together with you miscommunicating, it feels like you're talking to a lot of people at once and that doesn't make me feel good. If you want to take me out again, just know that's something that's not going to fly in my yeah. zone. You know, but... I'm leaving that ball in your court, and totally. you're more than welcome to come back to me. The J Train Podcast is brought to you by Figs. I got to say, right now, all of our perspective on doctors and healthcare workers and nurses has changed forever, right? They're doing hero's work. They're putting on that cape every day, taking care of people and going and, and being at the hospital the play, and, and taking care of the ones that most need. And it is really a hero's job that they're doing, and I'm so appreciative of them. And I think I can speak for people listening to this podcast. You think of them in a whole new way after this whole – everything that's been going on with this quarantine and the coronavirus – these frontline workers, these doctors and nurses are going in day in and day out and, and risking their own health to make sure you feel better. 
I think there's something all of us can agree on. Nurses, doctors, dentists, and people who work in the medicine and healthcare uh, are superheroes. Did you know a nurse walks about five miles per shift? So they shouldn't have, shouldn't they have scrubs that support them in every possible way? Absolutely. Figs. Figs is an amazing company that is making scrubs stylish and functional for people who deserve it most. No more scratchy, ill-fitting scrubs with Tweety Bird on them. Every set of figs is antimicrobial, anti-wrinkle, moisture-wicking, and made with stretchy, super soft fabric and pockets. Some of their lifestyles, some of their styles have over 10. You can carry a small hospital in there. Figs are comfortable and look like normal clothes. Their pants have yoga waistbands and come in a variety of styles from classic straight leg to joggers and skinny styles. Plus, they have lab coats, jackets, totes, and compression socks, too. I got to say, I have figs. Uh, I got a pair for Jess. We love them. It, they are wearable, and you can wear them on, you know, great for flights, the work from home, uh, long drives. It is it is. It is comfortable, but also uh, very um, usable. It is not just something that you would wear in the house and have to change out of so you can go get a coffee down at the coffee place. You can wear them in and out and in and out again, and they look good and comfy, and you can understand why so many doctors and nurses and frontline workers depend on them because they actually wear well. So I, I want you guys all to get involved with uh, Figs. It's an amazing company. So is there a doctor in the house or a vet tech or a radiologist or any other awesome human in the medical industry? And even if you don't work in the medical industry, you definitely know someone that does and should tell them about or gift them. Great gift. Get them Figs. Listeners of the J-Train podcast are getting 15, 1-5, 15% off for a limited time. Go to wearfigs.com. That's W eight. That's W-E-A-R-F-I-G-S dot com. Enter code JTRAIN15. That's JTRAIN15 at checkout. Go, go, go. Get 15% off. Buy these for someone that you love in your life. Figs, figs, figs. It's wherefigs.com. Enter code JTRAIN15. JTRAINPODCAST at gmail.com. JTRAINPODCAST at gmail.com. Here with Matt Eisman. At Matt Eisman. Instagram, Twitter. Go follow. Factorious every Tuesday. Let's do one more email. Does that sound good? I'm loving this. Love it, man. This is great. Uh, is let's do inside. Let's do boyfriends, hot and cold girlfriend. Mm. Jared, thank you for the daily pods that give me something to look forward to every afternoon at work. I started dating my boyfriend about a year ago. Prior to dating, he was very close to two week. He was very close to a couple. They somewhat adopted him. Okay, so I started dating my boyfriend about a year ago. Prior to dating, he was very close to a couple. They somewhat adopted him, and he had him over for dinner most nights, and he would often sleep there. All of my boyfriend's friends are very nice to me, except for the girl and the couple. It seems like she puts in a lot of effort to be friendly and hang out with all the other people in our group, except me she is very hot and cold towards me she will often ignore me and make some subtle jabs that leave a bad taste in my mouth but every once in a while she will send a nice text out of the blue or Mm. make a nice gesture to give an example of the kinds of things she says a little while ago our friends were all hanging out and she made a very loud joke about how my boyfriend would be single next year We've done nothing to give anyone the impression we were breaking up. Oh, that's brutal. I'm usually very direct. 
but I haven't said anything to her because I don't want to create a divide in the group or piss someone uh, off that is one of my boyfriend's uh, close friends. I also keep wondering if it's all in my head since every once in a while she is nice and everyone else seems to like her. Any ideas why she's acting this way and, and the best way to handle it? I spent a lot of time with his friends and I want to have a peaceful group situation and feel good about the people in the uh, I'm spending time with. Matt Eisman, what do you think? Okay, I have to say two things. First of all, You've had three female viewers write to you. That's insane. We That's have, awesome. This is a, we have mostly female emails. I love this it. Is, I yeah. love that. And the other thing is, I love this girl already. Yeah, I like to her. To me, I, I think it's a very, everything she said is totally feels, doesn't feel, it feels rational, right? Um, and wh- self-aware. Like it self-aware. feels like, like Could I, it be I, me, right? Yeah. yeah and we yeah. haven't seen any crazy, so I, I climbed into her room and watched her sleep at night. <laughs> I, I, I think you, to, to me, the first thing that comes into mind, and I think this is where she's getting is it sounds like this girl from the couple is jealous that she may have a thing for him and likes being having her to himself over. And, oh, this is our third one where she gets the attention from him. And totally. it sounds like she is threatened by this new girl. Now, I think the way you're, the first person to bring this up with is your boyfriend and say, Absolutely. Hey, am I out of my mind here? I, I just this is what I'm getting. Is there yeah. something I'm missing here? And put the ball in his court to say, does he notice it? And also, uh, you know, it, it, not saying there's anything going on, but just this kind of thing of and also, is he where is he going to lie? Where are his loyalties? Is, this yeah. is also a test of, hey, man, when a man loves a woman, if, if, does he have your side on this and say, I don't notice it. But if this is how you're feeling. I'm going to have your side. I'm going to watch this and address this. Sure. I, I totally agree with you. And I would say um, the, the one important thing when you go to your boyfriend is to start it by saying, I'm not offended. I'm just noticing. So I, I get this thing. My mom growing up, she would always be like, you're so, you're so sensitive. You're so sensitive. And right. I would always say to her, I go, no, I just notice. I just notice. Yeah. I'm not mad about it. I'm just telling you it's raining outside. The rain doesn't make me mad or happy. I'm just telling you it is raining outside. I can see it raining. I'm looking at it raining, and I just want to let you know that's something I notice. I'm well, not I think offended it's by the rain. I think it's also reasonable to say, and I'm also, I'm wondering, am I missing something? Because totally. I know how important your friends are in this group are. And if I'm impacting this dynamic, I want to know, have I done something? Am I missing? Yeah, but this is exactly my point where it's yeah. like, I'm seeing the rain. Do you see the rain? Yeah. Are you, do you see what I'm seeing? And, and so like, are you seeing what's going on? It's not because, being feathered here. This is rain. Yeah. <laughs> this is rain. There's no feathers. And I, and I think, you know, because someone could say, you could say to your boyfriend, hey, she made, and, and you have evidence. She wrote in her email, hey, she made that joke about us breaking up. Isn't that a kind of a weird joke to make? Yeah. Like, I, I don't think, I think we're good. I'm confident in the person I am, but it feels like, and I totally agree with you. This person feels intimidated. You are some sort of a threat to her attention. And if she's sending you nice stuff, she sounds very manipulative yes. as a person. Yes. Like, you know, like it sounds like the type that like she it feels like someone that like wants to have the dinner party while everyone tells them how good the dinner party is. And if anyone else has a dinner party, then they're offended and and they sulk in the corner because it's not their own. So here's what I'm wondering, too, is is she the only woman in that group you know is it like a bunch of guys in their 20s and she's the one who's married and and she kind of likes 
being the mother hen. She likes yeah. being, hey, she's the woman who can hang. And now is this, is, she, is her coming in even threatening to just her status in the group? I, I mean, yeah. it sounds like it, if it's all, if it's all, no, 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 there are all these other couples, but then that would beg the question too. The other girls seem cool. What is it about this girl? Is you she were, is she just being protective? Does she got, think I'm not good for you? I, I totally, just want to clarify. Yeah, that. I want to know what's up. And I think it's you go to the boyfriend, see if he notices. In a week, you guys hang out. He'll he'll come back. If he's there to be your boyfriend, he'll go, you know what? I did kind of know. She is kind of weird towards you. Yeah. And then you go, you go, can you figure it? Like, and then you guys together, this is actually like a bonding moment where you guys, totally. you guys are like discussing like, why would she be like that? You know, and I think the one thing is, to realize, and and I can't, I think the the danger in these situations is to be like, it's personal. It's not personal. It's actually this person's fucked up, and they're taking right. their fucked up out on you. So you have to almost look at it like a zoo exhibit. So because... <laughs> That's a great way like, of putting it, though. You, you know, like we're like I. Can't, it ain't about it? me. It's not about you. So I think going to your boyfriend with that attitude, because if you go to your boyfriend, you go, "This fucking bitch won't," and it's like, then he has to like be secretive around her. I don't, her. Care. I don't care, but she's a bitch. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Then, then he can't answer her text. It yeah. gets weird. You need to have him. This is you need to win him over as a companion to laugh at this person who's fucking crazy because. I also think it's it's a it's also reasonable to say, hey, I, I don't care, but it gets a little old. And if she's yeah, just going to be like this, I, I'm not cool with that. I'm not cool well, with kind of getting shit on or getting undermined every time. That's the next step. Yeah. the The first step is, yes. is like 100%. I get that she ha she seems to have a problem with herself that she is taking out on me. Do you notice it? Then he notices it. He comes to you. You go and you go. Listen, if it happens. And then he'll not want to hang out with her anymore. Yeah. He'll go, yeah, I don't want to, you know, and then he'll, and then he goes and talks to her husband. Hey, is there something going on? You know, and then the husband goes, you know, he meant, you know, and it goes yeah. up the line from there. I think this woman's responsibility is just to be like unoffended. No, it's not about her Present it to the boyfriend. And then you guys get to have fun talking shit about someone who's out of their mind. And I will say though, all these three questions highlight how, how much goes on in our heads so and much for the women just so the women know we do it to even though we've seen carefree sometimes we're like i don't know am i missing something yeah Where it's like, no, you it's, know you you see how much if that just is unexpressed that the communication human. is so key to just be able to be be you want to be with someone who you can bring this up with not with someone Absolutely. where you're like oh no i could never bring that up because he gets mad like why would you want to be with someone like that not at all that, listen matt eisman thank you so much for coming on this is fantastic Bro, i loved it Dude, this is great. I'm on the J train, bro. <laughs> Love it. Everyone whoa, go follow whoa. Matt at Matt Eisman on Twitter and Instagram. Factorious. That's the podcast. Yeah, buddy. Go, 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 go. Listen, it is a game show podcast. I think that's so awesome. I love where the podcast world is going. Everyone go follow. I'm Jared Freed. We're Monday through Friday. Keep telling your friends. Keep feathering these nuts. We'll be back next episode. Boom.